The Almeida Theatre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Almeida Theatre Podcasts. I'm Rupert Gould, the Artistic Director here, and we are making a series of podcasts during the lockdown enforced by the coronavirus of 2020. I'll be interviewing a number of artists who have worked uh, at the Almeida over the last few years and talking to them about what makes the Almeida so special, their thoughts about culture, their thoughts about this moment in time and the work they've done in the past and also with us at the Almeida. Today's podcast is with Matt Smith, an actor who I owe a huge amount to because he led my very first company at the Almeida as artistic director in a musical of American Psycho, Breath Easton Ellis's controversial psychopathic comic novel. Matt was just coming off the height of his Doctor Who fame when he joined us. And today we reminisce about that time and talk a little bit about his career, uh, both before and since that moment. How is your lockdown going? How are, you, how are you finding it all? Well, you know, I don't know. I have good days and I have bad days. I think, I think the only way through it is to sort of embrace the stillness of it, really. Hmm. Um, saying that, the thing that gives me the most pleasure is that I bought a bike, having hmm. sort of had a, uh, I, I'd like to say a love-hate relationship with people that, that kind of cycle <laughs> around London, but generally I just hated them. And now I'm one of them. <laughs> um and that uh that's been you know rather wonderful but have you got the lycra really... lycra and helmet as well oh, oh, you having a laugh i mean obviously <laughs> i've got a helmet you know safety first route yeah. um <laughs> but um yeah you know and i'm trying to i try and have a, a sort of a relative timetable i exercise mm-hmm. like on sort of skype with my trainer and i'm i'm, I'm trying to write something because Oh, cool. at least my, my sort of brain is engaged on some level yeah um and just you know my cooking's improved yeah. um i mean like, cause there was, there was a member of my board said oh god the actors must be finding it so hard because they're such extroverts and needy I thought, bastards <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, if, there, if there's no. one extra i know it's you but <laughs> <laughs> no one's giving us any approval do you think that's um, true do you think actors do you think it's a particularly hard time for performers yes, yes <laughs> i do from from the actors i know i do because i think that outlet whether it is approval or it is just that but that that thing that actors need to do where they need to sort of engage in something quite uh arresting and serious and productive and sort of uh, you know that 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 need to feel sort of present and engaged in something challenging mm. all the time it's hard to do that when you're on your own or mm. I, I imagine if you have a family, you know, things, it's just the, the, the rhythm of life and thought and everything has changed so drastically. Yeah. And I think, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre and I miss yeah. it. I miss, I miss doing it. I have to say, do much as I sort yeah. of poo poo it, but, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm worried, you know, I'm worried for, for the theater cause I just yeah. don't see a way at the moment that that we can get back to it and right now i was meant to be doing a play in new york and i've never done that and i was looking forward to it but ultimately it doesn't really matter does it because there's something there's a there's a sort of greater there's a there's 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 a greater challenge in front of us all but yeah how about you you must miss it no uh oh god yeah i mean i miss the uh you know i think you're an artistic director you're part of the the joy of the job is is this sort of sense of like extended family and uh yeah you know, on, a, on, a, on a great night at the Almeida it feels like a 
a pub with an amazing lock-in and you've got like the best possible thing to give everybody which is a great story and, and everyone spills out onto the streets and has a drink and yeah it's, it's just a lovely and you're uh, in north london and you're sort of like tucked away in this little gem aren't you it's uh yeah if you're in the sunshine yeah. it's gorgeous anyway look to, to try and kind of um evoke what it is about theater um i just wondered what you could kick off was whether you could tell us a, um about a show that you really influenced you that really inspired you don't know if you yeah that you'd seen i mean it could yeah. be when you've been in as well but something that like and it could have been when you were starting out or more recently yeah but, well i was in something this that... wonderful musical uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well yeah i mean i i i had a brilliant drama teacher who i think mm. really sort of shaped my my journey towards being an actor for one thing and i think and we did murder in the cathedral and that play I mean, it's so good it's such a good play it's such a brilliant part mm. i played beckett and then mm. i did it funnily enough at the national youth theater as well and it's mm-hmm. so it's so um it's so filmic it's such it, it, it sort of responds a bit like shakespeare and stuff to such there's so much drama in it and so much pictorial stuff that you that, and we did it in westminster cathedral and so mm. so the sense of theater about it was was amazing that that was and i always remember yeah. sort of the incense burning and stuff like that and he's such a i love elliot now i think as a result mm. of that um wow. and the same teacher took me to see the weir and uh noises off in the same day actually and then the woman in the black wow. the next day and noises That's off good, was yeah yeah was just i mean that i i you know i still don't really understand how anyone can sit down and construct the second half of that play I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's such that seems such a sort of ingenious. Uh, I don't know. Just an ingenious mm. bit of art to me. Mm. That 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 he has the sort of the mental capacity and the mm. cleverness to sort of make it all work. And you know, again, the weir. I found that 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 was very memorable. That was when the court were in the in the West End. I think it was. Chief of Yorks, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, and then, and then at sort of university, I got, I got really heavily into Sarah Kane and, and mm-hmm. Simon Stevens and Mark Ravenhill and that whole sort of what was dubbed the sort of in your face, in your face. Yeah. movement, which, which I thought was just cool and rock and roll. And, mm. you know, I still sort of look for that in, in all yeah. of acting really. Yeah. So how did, so, I mean, I know a bit of this, but just to share, because your, your way into the, uh, to the business at the beginning wasn't, it wasn't the classic sort of. Rather no. agent. No. I wasn't at Sylvia was Young. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so um, you, you say you're from a town I know well, aren't you originally? Uh, North yeah, Hampton. Northampton, which 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 is a wonderful theatre, isn't it? And uh, and a wonderful yeah. town. I'm sure you had a marvelous time there, Reece, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Northampton, I, I, I still love yeah, it. it's great. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't you do Hamlet there with Tobias? Which was really I remember yeah, reading about did. that and thinking. Yeah, you know why? Why aren't I in that? Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, so, so, so yeah, after, yeah. so, 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 did you go to MIT when you were at school then? Uh, well, so this, this, yeah, it was this teacher that the hmm. first year sort of sat me down and said, "Oh, you should go." And then, I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's a weird story. But I drove up the M1. This is the God's honest truth, and I drove to the audition. And then, um, and then, and then I pulled over at the side of the road, um, just off the M1, where just before you're about to sort of get up into Highgate, and I pulled over and I pretended that I'd had a car crash, 
and <laughs> and then I drove home and I didn't do it and I got home and then the next year I went back and did it again and I auditioned up in Leeds uh, mm. because I'd missed the London one or something or maybe it was the same year I don't know and I got in um, mm. and and you know and I did the course and stuff and then fortuitously that then second year they were doing murder in the cathedral and uh, I lied again and didn't tell anyone that I'd done it at school and got the part. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what, what would yeah. you Because I, I had a, um, uh, a letter about um, one of the, the kind of talented kind of younger uh, people we work with at the theatre who was really yeah. been struggling with their mental health and their sense of positivity in, in this, yeah, this moment and going like, what is the industry we're going to come into? And it just feels... You know, particularly if someone's not from the, you know, a background that has got lots of culture in it, whatever. Um, yeah. Like, what would you, what yeah. would you say now to a, a, an 18, 19 year old who was like, well, even the young Matt Smith, you know, who 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 is tempted just always to pretend they've crashed the car rather than than to make the extra joke. Well, you know, don't make up sort of stupid lies for one thing because <laughs> they always they always find you out. Um, I don't know. I mean. You know, I would say talk to someone about why you're feeling like you've got to pretend that you've crashed the car and turn around mm. and can't go and do the audition. But also at some point, I think, especially if you do want to be an actor, you know, I think you've got to be encouraged to take leaps. And it is, mm. you know, there's so many little steps along the way where you will doubt yourself all the time. I mean, you know, there was another really pivotal point for me on a, on a, on a, a platform in Houston when I rang my dad and I was doing a play at the time and I was just, I, you know, I was on the verge of packing it in because of a, that's a different story. But, but I think I would say, you know, um, hold, hold, hold tight and try and take the leap and, you know, try and use all of, all of that weird energy that does build up in you as an actor that mm. on some level is your friend. I think when you're, when you're right. going out on stage, but that's easier said than done, you know? And yeah, yeah. I think, look, you know, it's a, here, here is a chance to read as much as you can read as many plays as you can. And, um, and I think nowadays that, yeah, you know, I've got a great list from Edgar Wright, his mm. thousand, uh, favorite films. And that's I watch one of them a night really. And that's really saved me. It goes through the decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would encourage anyone who's who's at a loss of an evening to just go online, look at that, and you've got mm -hmm. you've got millions of things from the thirties onwards that are really really interesting films. Um, Can and, you? Uh, because like when you on. when you talk about you on the on the platform like that and, and yeah, and in the, well, in the car, um, you know, I, I suppose I I remember you, you know, yeah. in your tiny Panicking. white pants, pa yeah, about to go on Panicking. stage to sing a musical. <laughs> horrible flashbacks but I you know I think I, one of the things I, I, I so admire about the way you work is that you you whatever doubts you may have inside you you really go towards them and, you, and how brave I mean to take on a musical like we did and uh, you know you hadn't done singing before but I, I look back through all your career and you've always you know whether when there have been people who might have had more you know, say called classical training or, or whatever it might be, you yeah. you'd have always backed yourself. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm interested about the, like where, how that side of you sits with the side that is also have doubts and um, those uncertainties. Yeah. Have, you, have you just become more confident or do you think the two things? Well, I think it's interesting as you get older, I think that it, it, it can tip the other way. It's often, you know, when you, when you, when you sort of talk or you listen to footballers as they get older, you know, they mm. talk about being sort of Michael Owen when he comes on with not a fear in the world and playing on a big stage as a young person without expectation or 
any 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 sense of memory of what you, you know what you've got to lose in in a way it, it's it's that's an ongoing battle i think uh being mm. an actor you once said something very interesting to me about actors as well about because we were talking about actors in their 30s and you said well people get a bit boring in their 30s you see and um <laughs> Uh, and it's it's you know that and and you you can't just always survive off conflict as you get older you, you, you know that was the conversation that we were having actually and, mm. and you can't just always survive off a sense of rebellion which I think in your younger years you can and actually what 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 happened um, on the platform was that I was doing uh, swimming with sharks and I mean it was awful so you know get your tiny violin out but I, I had a speech impediment when I was a kid and it was odd it was a very odd strange thing and it's still something that is an odd strange thing but nevertheless there it was and I was doing this play and I had a line I used to come on and you can ask Christian Slater about it it was horrendous and Arthur Darvey was there he used to see me do it every night and I'd fixated that I couldn't say this line and it was ST which was the word that I sort of struggled with and I would come on and go is Stella there, please. And I'd do it every night and it was like I was dying. And I just said to my dad, I said, I just feel like I can't do this anymore. This is horrendous. And he, he'd known about it, et cetera, et cetera. And he, as he has done in, at, at, at many points in my career, sort of gave me good sage advice, balanced advice, which was, you know, practical. But obviously there comes a point where you've got to, you've got to go and do it. You've just got mm. to go and do it. And, and, um, and uh, you know, Unfortunately, that's that you're you're constantly facing that sense of test in your life mm -hmm. as an actor, that sense yeah. of exam that you get when you're 16 or 17. Yeah, um, which it's I funny. think is quite healthy. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny. I mean, like like a lot of artists, I suppose you say tiny violin there, and there is a, a tendency, I suppose, in the among artists yeah. to say oh god we're only artists you know the, the stresses we go through are you know it's not like being in the nhs at the moment and, and yeah of course it's no. not i mean it's, it's not life and death and it's not uh no you know it's it's not not with those pressures but but the pressures are still really real aren't they and particularly if you can only be if, that, if that's yeah. what your dream is and that's what you're burning to do um you know it's important i mean to... till the day i die rupert i will never forget being backstage in my tiny white pants on the first preview of American Psycho and looking around the rest of the room and I was in a really, thank God I was sharing a dressing room with people and they'd all gone on to go back to, to, to be part of a chorus because they were singing first, singing at me from the, from the wings and upstairs and stuff. And I was on my own and I said to myself, I said out loud, this is not fucking happening. <laughs> and then I came up and I remember singing and having it's the most out-of-body experience I've ever had as as an artist in inverted commas and my 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 resounding memory is just you grinning at me from the fifth row because uh, I think it was you were probably nervous as well because you're going what's going to happen yeah, like, first show at the Alameda. <laughs> yeah and we and it was such a big show hmm. and it was so there was such a lot to wrestle with but you know, I suppose looking back, like any like, sort of struggle in life, if you if you can get through it, particularly when it comes to acting and art, it's it's those moments are often the moments that offer up the most creative and rewarding experiences. Mm. The ones that are tricky and difficult and feel yeah. odd and feel like you're going down alleys that it doesn't really make sense to go down. Yeah. Um, Do you think that's? I mean, I know this is a glib question, but but do you think that, that is why you're an actor? 
I mean, like, do you know mm, why you do really. it? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I think I do it because part part of me wanted to be Eric Cantona, and you know, I couldn't do it as a footballer. And I thought, well, maybe it's, it's quite odd that he's gone on to be an actor. Mm. And and there was a sense of that about it. But mm. how serious? I was don't it? know. What the football? The football. Yeah. I mean, really were serious. you close? Yeah, I think so. You know, mm-hmm. barring an injury, I think, I think, I think I would have played at some level. And then I like mm. to think I'd have achieved, even if I didn't achieve what I wanted to as a player, I'd, I think I'd have liked to, you know, I like to think I'd have gone on to be a good manager at least. Yeah. Because it's still, I mean, you know, you kind of talk about lockdowns and stuff. I'm, I really miss football. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I miss live sport. I miss that. I miss, I miss the sense of competition, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's funny that thing about Cantona becoming a, an actor, I remember when we were, I was mm. playing with the, um, the effect at the national, and it was about uh, yeah, with Billy. Drugs. with Billy Piper, yeah, exactly. Um, and John's uh, yeah, fabulous, yeah. Um, but it was about a clinical drugs trial. And we had a, a doctor come in to talk to us about psychiatry, and um, he said that um, he'd seen casualty as a young, as a young boy, and he'd always wanted to be a doctor, and then. Many years yeah. had passed, and he'd become a doctor. And then he realised that actually, what he wanted to be was an actor playing a doctor. And so he wanted to retrain <laughs> as an actor. So he like you know, you, <laughs> you never know what you want. But um, so, yeah. so after you, after you start, I mean, that thing. I just want to talk about that thing about rebellion and that rebelliousness in the twenty in your twenties. And mm. do you think that was? I mean, do you think that came? Where did that come from in you? Because because you, I feel like well, that sense of being a maverick mm. is something that is part of or particularly part of your early career, both in the roles you did, but also your profile. Yeah. Well, I don't know really. It came. It probably came from the town I was in, um, and you know, being. I mean, it's it's a very good question. I don't know, but it was something that I quite I, I quite liked the energy of it mm. uh, in everything I did, whether it was you know, in sort of all walks of life mm-hmm. on some level, do you know what I mean? And, and, um, uh, so were you, were, were you glad you didn't go to drama school then? Was that a... Yeah, I am looking back. Mm-hmm. I have to say I am. Yeah. Because I feel that was my path. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of brilliant actors that go through drama school and have, and, 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 and come with a, with, with a different, with a different type of confidence. Mm-hmm. I suppose on some level, my ignorance became a strength as it were. Right. Um, uh, and I was quite lucky that I, I spent sort of two years really at the National Theatre and uh, at, at the National and did three plays there. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of classes and stuff that you could you that you could go and do voice yeah, and movement. And I was I was very mindful that I hadn't done any of that. And so I, I really took advantage of that in the daytime and stuff. And I felt I felt I had a drama school in a way at the National Youth Theatre. You know, mm. that's it's such a brilliant platform for young actors, and it's such, yeah. you know, they, they put you out on a West End stage. And you know, sometimes the plays work, sometimes they don't. But we did the Master and the Margarita, and that's my favourite mm. book now. And you know, it's it's, and that's what I'm weirdly writing about now is that book mm. and the devil and that story. And so, on some level, all of these experiences eventually add up to something yeah. creative if you've, if you've done it in, I suppose. And had the National seen you in NYT then? Was that how, your break? No, luckily enough, it was, I, I got a play at the Royal Court um, called Fresh Kills. It was, it was the Royal Court upstairs. It was a brilliant play. It was a, a, a new American play about a young uh, male gigolo in New York. It was with Phil Daniels and Nicola mm-hmm. Walker. 
Wilson Malium directing. Do you know Wilson? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Big crazy Wilson, mm-hmm. and he, mm-hmm. I'd turn up and he'd go, he'd go, you again. <laughs> and then uh, when I left, I said, uh, do, do you have any? And this is the one bit of advice that I pass on to other people is what I said to Peter Capaldi when he said about you know Doctor and stuff. And I said, do you have any advice for me, Wilson? And he said, listen to no one. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Um, but uh, but Simon Stevens saw me in that, and he was doing um, a play uh, at at the National on the shore of the mm-hmm. wide world, and so I went and auditioned for that and got that. But I was at university at, at, at the time still, so it was a bit tricky. But oh wow! Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so I wonder if we could talk a bit about that incredible moment around that face, um, Polly Stenham's play when Polly was what, 18, 19 or something when she wrote that play that was a huge yeah. court and then went to the West End and, yeah, you know, it, to me it feels like yesterday, but I guess it was 13 years me ago. Too, and, really. um, yeah. you know, that must have been, obviously that was an amazing moment, but it also, I guess, kind of coincided with like a scene, a proper like artistic scene, didn't it? You know, around kind of, Polly yeah. and that play and yeah. Mr. Jones. And um, what, what, was, a huge what was that A group of friends, a huge group of friends, actually. Yeah. How did that come about? And what, what was that, you know, what was the feel well, of that time? It was it was like we were in the Velvet Underground, to be honest with you, without mm. without sounding too sort of, you know, I want to puke all over you. But, but um, mm. you know, Polly, uh, we did a reading of it with Claire Higgins, actually, before mm. they did, did it. Um, and Polly walked in and I said, who are you playing? And she was like, she had this gold, like, 80s top on and this shock of blonde hair. And, uh, and, and, she, and she was like, oh, no, I wrote it. I was like, what? You wrote it? And that's one of the few plays that I read. And within five pages, I was living in Harrow with my sister and she walked in and I looked really focused. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I, 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 I have to do this play. Because I knew I just mm-hmm. I, there was something about it that again that sense of rebellion in that play, which is which I love. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it was like I, you know, I, I sort of look back on it, and weirdly, I've I've at that time I I had a camera on me a lot, a, a little video camera, and I must have twenty or thirty hours of footage, mm-hmm. much of which is up in Polly's house that she used to live in in Highgate, which was very beautiful and and. We all used to go and she'd sort of have really fun parties there and stuff. And um, I just felt there was a there was a real sense of abandon mm-hmm. to it. Who was who was part of that gang then? Well, it was it was yeah, there was there were I mean, God, it, it, it sort of it ebbed and flowed to be honest. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was Luke and Harry Treadaway and Flick, as you say, and and me and Poles and um and then you know, there were all sorts of people that, um artists, yeah. but it yeah, lots of artists really, and, and um, but this, but it's, it's kind of set against this strange backdrop, really, of North London, which which was, which was probably a bit kind of adult for us, you know. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, there we were, and also, look, it's fun to be in a hit, and Polly wrote a, what what was a, a a brilliant, you know, first play, which became a sort of hit for us. Mm-hmm. And that was that was fun. That's a fun ride, isn't it? Yeah. And did that shape your sense of what you wanted to do next? Because was Doctor Who must have been quite soon after that, was it? Well, no. There was well, there was a, there was a few other things. I went and did that play that I that I was kind of struggling with after that. Uh-huh. I told you about. Um, and then um, there were a few sort of TV jobs, and then mm-hmm. Doctor Who came along, and and that sort of represented a, a different type of shift for me really and a, and, yeah. a, and a different type of 
focus, I suppose. Yeah. Because I was looking, I mean, you, you were 26 when you did that. I mean, that's just, given the pressures mm. on that, that, that role, and that, that must have been incredibly pressurising for you at the time. Oh, so, yeah. or, or did you feel like, oh, great, I'll just no. take a stride? Oh, no, that was, you know, I, in the first three months of that job, again, I was on the phone to my dad a lot. I was, mm. I mean, I phoned him up and I just can't do this. It's, it's just, the, like, the line learning is insatiable each night, but also the sort of... Um, the change and and you know Sophie Okonedo came and did an episode and the, the the wonderful thing about that show is the brilliant actors that come in and out and you learn so much and a you just learn so much being on a film set for that long each day but mm. she said to me you know you you need obviously she could probably see that I was floundering a bit on some level she said you need to lead this show you need to be the leader and from that day I'm, I sort of made a really conscious effort to be much more ministerial at work, I suppose, <laughs> and set and set a tone, I suppose, and be like a good captain, you know. And what did that uh, look like? Just well, you know, you turn up first. You know, you 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 know your lines the most. Mm. You, you you know, you're just you're kind of setting a tone and a playfulness, I suppose, uh, mm. that 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 go one in one. And um, luckily, you've got wonderful crews up there. Uh, mm. It becomes a very sort of familial thing yeah. um and i had a wonderful showrunner and stephen moffat and a brilliant producer piers van Grim, mm. beth willis and, and, and you know piers is still one of my best friends and mm-hmm. he uh you know i mean i kind of sat down in in my trailer with him and i said i, I just feel like i'm really struggling mm-hmm. and he said he said look you know you, you you might feel that way but i i don't get these decisions wrong and that <laughs> you know uh, that that sort of helped me on some level. I mean, he'll he'll hate me for saying that, but there you go. Have <laughs> that too. <laughs> I mean, did you know what you wanted to do with the part? Did you have like? I mean, because you were coming yes. after David, wasn't it? So yeah, which was in you know, I mean, of all people, to come after <laughs> David. And but you know what what was brilliant about David and generous as well. He's a he's a wonderful man, and what and what an actor. Mm. But he 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 set a tone up there of you know, of, of, of real hard work and brilliance and kind of, and, and I just picked up the baton really. Um, but you know, coming off that popularity, I, I just knew for want of a better analogy, I, it's, it's, it's a bit like Hamlet. It's got, you've got to sort of lean on the things that are intrinsic to you. And mm-hmm. I knew I wanted it to, to be really physical. Uh, mm-hmm. David was sort of very good with girls and I knew I, I sort of wanted him to be quite bad with girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just read, I, I sort of went, who's the cleverest man in the world? Einstein. Right. And I, I just, I read and read and read about Einstein. And then I wrote loads of short stories about the doctor and Einstein. Mm-hmm. as a sort of weird way in. And, uh, and I watched lots of, uh, Leonard Rossiteer and lots of, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Crawford in some others do have them. And lots <laughs> of Peter Sellers. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and were you do, just, did you do all um, that before you started? You know, I mean, I, I, it's, I worked really, really hard, actually, sort of yeah. looking back. How, uh, how long did you have before, before between getting the job and, and when you started? Like nine months where I couldn't tell anyone, right. which, which was very odd. But oddly empowering as an actor, because a lot of actors, I go for lunch, some who shall rename, you know, who, who mm. shall, <laughs> must be nameless, but they'd be like, you know, it, it's that weird acting thing where they go, what are you doing? Because I've got something really big coming up and I'm going to ask you because I want to talk about this thing that I've got coming up. And for the, for the only time in my career, I just sit back with complete confidence and go, nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing to do, knowing that I had this, this sort of wonderful job to, to go on to. Yeah. 
Why, yeah. Why was why was it so long? Was that just because I just got it early and right. uh, David was still the doctor and they wanted it right. to be a secret and not sort of, yeah. you know, his when you're leaving as Doctor Who, it's such a big thing and I don't think that the, the, the BBC wanted to muddy the waters with that. Yeah. But because there was a such a big shift in the whole team, Russell, T, yeah. you know, it was Russell going to Stephen. There mm. was a huge and Piers Wenger coming in. Um, it, it was there was a it, it was a complete shift in everyone. So they mm. had to start really early, and they just got their doctor as early as possible. I think. And do you still get a lot? I mean, obviously, that must have been a whole generation who, who grew up with you. Um, do you still get a lot of in the street from that? Yeah, it's not like it used to be when 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 you're on the telly that's a different thing but i suppose the nice thing about doctor who is a bit like if you see tom baker he's still doctor who you know what i mean there's it's 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 one of those rare parts that that you can uh, hold on to forever so yeah, yeah. you know if if cool. they're a who fan they'll sort of kind of give me the nod yeah which is nice so what so so just to touch base on American side trick because I can't, I can't believe that's like is it six years since we did that. Yeah. Um, oh wow. I mean, I look back on that. It was a young company. There were um, Johnny Bailey and Katie Brave went on to win Olivier's for their musical theatre roles. Houston is like a wonderful actor. He's, he's in. Yeah. Uh, so good. has gone on to great things. Um, Bernie um, Yeah. It was a, it was a great com- company of actors, but I mean, how did it? Eugene. Um, yeah, how, yeah, how did you feel ab- about it? Like that run, terrified, the... terrified. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I mean, I, I I finished after four years on Doctor Who, had the rap party, and then we had the the reading on the Monday of American yes, Psycho. I mean, yeah. my agent came to see me halfway through that rehearsal period, and we were having a cup of tea upstairs. I'll never forget it. And I was drawing planes. Obviously, a you know a therapist or a psychologist would go on, and I was I would I literally that was I was ringing people up, going, "This is not going to happen." But maybe this is now I'm talking about it. Sort of maybe I do that to try and protect myself. But with that particularly, that was that's the most frightened I've ever been, mm-hmm. ever, because a if you remember Rupert, when I turned up, I'd I'd damaged my knee and um, I wasn't very fit mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I had to get fit in seven weeks because it's Patrick Bateman. Mm. And so, you know, getting my pants off in the first week, I could feel the company sort of go, oh, yeah, he looks really sexy in his, in his tight white. He's there <laughs> with like, a skinny arm. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, there was this whole other discipline that I mm. knew nothing about, really. Mm. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, getting on top of that was... Wow, yeah, but it's still to this day. I still think it's it's one of the best things I've ever done, and yeah, and I mean, you I... know, it's it's that's one of my few regrets actually. I wish I'd carried it on, yeah. uh, and uh, because I think with a bit of momentum and stuff. But you know, yeah. I was you yeah, were so good. It was a shame. I was watching it. Yeah, the I mean, I was thinking the um, you know, that amazing thing. I mean, I think you've just got such a a, a gift with audiences. I mean, in, in in the sense that you just have a very good connection with them, and that part is so, you know, iconically brutal and and remote. And yet, you kind of found this um, gorgeous kind of vulnerability in it. And uh, when, when those sort of like tones in a character, when we went the sort of atmosphere of a character, their their central, how, you know, how present they are, how. 
how sealed off, how hard edged or how soft they may be. Is that something that you just like sniff out or, 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 or is that by design or do you think that's a lot of Matt Smith in there as well or? Very good question. Um, you know, it's probably all three, I would imagine on some level, but I think, I, I, you know, particularly with a part like that, I just thought that the, the most interesting fact about him was the sort of ambiguity of like, and, and I thought, God, if you read that book, once you read that book, it's impossible really to not, because he's so, he's such an alien. And I thought, but wow, but imagine if you sort of liked him at the end. Mm. It probably was, on some level it is, I, I think, always a bit of design. Like, I mm. think improvising, like on, on in film and stuff, I quite like to do the scene, do the scene, and then improvise the last couple of takes or whatever around the scene. But it's generally, mm. I've thought about what I want to improvise the night before. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of yeah. by design. I just don't tell anyone. So it feels like it's improvised, but it, it's kind of calculated in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, and I think essentially that's how a night at the theatre should 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 feel for me. Yeah. Really. Um, you also have that thing that I think is um, is such a gift to an actor, which is. Um, I remember Patrick Stewart telling me that when he was at drama school years, well, God knows millennia ago but he was saying that um in those days as well as you know um ballroom dancing and all those kind of things they got taught they got taught how to stand on a stage at i can't remember what the uh, is it nine o'clock or something where, where your 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 um upstage foot um carries the weight and your downstage foot is pointing to the audience with less weight and i remember thinking yeah well this is another world but i, I remember watching you in american psycho and thinking that your natural um You've got that great naturally relaxed energy that sits on the back foot, but you can transition to front foot. I, I don't just mean sort of physically, but almost emo emotionally as well, really quickly. Your sort of explosive 0 to 60s is, 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 is incredible. Is that, I mean, that's rather sort of sporting analogy, but is that something that yeah, you, 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 you feel you have a, 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 as an actor, or is that was that specific to that part, or is that something you well, like in other actors? It is something like another actress, I, and I think it's an interesting point. Actually, I mean, and for two reasons, I think, I think, the, I think the balance thing is is really, I I truly believe in that, and I think often great actors weirdly have great balance, like great footballers mm. do, and 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 in that they can create a sense of time somehow, without so sounding too sort of odd but if you watch Zidane and if you watch mm. Mark Rylance they sort of can do that where they where you, they suddenly stop time for a bit and it's and it's often that energy from mm. one foot to another and weirdly Doctor Who what I loved about that part and what I worked very consciously at and my analogy for him was that he can go from A to Z and miss the whole alphabet, which is why he's such a brilliant part to play. Because everyone else has to hit F a mm. bit, and then you know, otherwise no one believes it or L. No, no one can go from that to that. But mm -hmm. when you're a nine hundred year old alien, you can. And and mm. and so I, I think on some level that that may have been, I don't know, yeah. it might have been a carry on or something. But uh, also, yeah. I think people do do that in life as well. You know and often we sort of please ourselves as actors and i find it with this stuff i'm trying to write at the moment and i go but that's not believable but then you read a story that but everything sort of is people are that strange and and mm. do react that quickly to things yeah i think that's so true about time the, the ability to 
make things go very slowly or very quickly is such a gift for an actor. And I suppose, I suppose, yeah. I feel like a lot of actors think they are quick because they're intelligent in a, in a certain way, but that's not the same as acting speed. If you know what I mean, like like there's a kind of um, mobility that acting is. Of course, it's linked to intelligence, but is is something mm. more intuitive or um i mean do, do you think there is such a thing as clever acting that way that sort of yeah i sort of do actually and because it's that imperceptible feeling uh, and 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 you know you're sort of right it's like again without sounding too actual about it but you're sort of riding a weird wave on something and you don't and mm. and when you're if you're lucky enough to catch an actor on a night when when they're really great you're like, wow, God, I feel really lucky. Um, mm. But then, you know, Lindsay Duncan told me that you've got to be good. You, you, you've got to set the bar at 90%, you know, all the time. Mm. I, I mean, I, I learned so much off her. She was amazing. Yeah, she's great. She's brilliant. So, so how did you take, like when you were going on to do that iconic Philip performance, how, I mean, his, his energy is so different to yours, isn't it, I imagine? Or maybe, maybe the young Phillips wasn't. I mean, maybe the Philip we know now is that. But how yeah. did you bring, allow Matt to come out in Philip and vice versa? Well, it was very simple, to be honest with you, Rupert. Because there was a scene in the middle of it where he has to kneel down. And I thought, I'm with you, son. I'm with you. Mm. Fucker, don't kneel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, and there was something about what 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 I loved about him. A, there was, as, as you know, I'm 37 and the man, the 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 Prince Philip I knew was the guy from kind of spitting image, mm. you know, and it's that bit like Margaret Thatcher. I used to be prime minister, you know, was this buffoon who was a bit bumbly and whatever. I read, I read all 10 of those scripts. And then I was like, okay, well, that's true. And then I started digging around him and, um, he sort what I, what I loved and what I thought, oh yeah, there's something in here. And I knew there was something in it that, that I could sort of attack was, was he did, like what he wanted, when he wanted, how he wanted, he didn't ask permission and his wife was the queen. And <laughs> it's sort of amazing really. And came out of it all right, you know, because mm. for all we say about Philip, there is even, even him driving at that late age, crashing mm. into someone. I, I'm biased because I've grown to really love him. And I, I wasn't very royal before that because my granddad is, a huge sort of labourite from Nottingham and absolutely knows the royal family and weirdly I just inherited that on some level I think and and that and now I, I'm sort of very much in favour of them but I, there was there was something about his attitude and mm. often you know when I watch amazing actors they've made a real choice about attitude I think mm. and they mm. bring an an attitude to it that is clear and 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 like you were saying you know clever and intelligent and uh you know and alive and 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 i think all of those ideas are what prince philip sort of is he is clear and clever and intelligent um and alive you know cool. so obviously like you're saying you were you were about to head off to was it bam you were doing lungs or st anne's or, yeah or someone new yeah. yeah um what i mean sadly for us you don't do lots of theatre um and we always love it when you do um, what, what what makes you what hooks you to get on, to to get onto a stage is it, is it the part is it the is it a gap is it um yeah i think it's look i think it's always a part 
but I yeah. think what 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 I need what I'm you know what I'm trying to use this time to do for instance is to get better at going you know as well as anyone Rupert that my decision making was poor and and I would procrastinate and that's not good uh, you know mm-hmm. my I mean my old man would always give me a nudge about that stuff and um and so it's about going just going but I want to play that part you know I mm. want to go and do that and be a bit more definitive about things but often you know it's 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 like anything you you want the right play in the right director and the right length of run is always a big mm. a big thing yeah, yeah. for me but um but you know it's it's I you know I sort of I often talk about this like I I, I don't know when the last modern play that I read uh, you know, I'm, by modern I mean very recent, but that 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 had one of those big gargantuan parts in it, like yeah. a Jimmy Porter, or, or yeah. you, you know, or a, 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 a just um, I don't know where they are. And, and, yeah, and it's so, funny. Yeah, um, it's what we we always say that... to our, our our writers who we're working with is, you know, particularly the emerging ones. If if you want to get your play on, write a great part because, you know. Cynically, in the world of of how things do go from the best way, yeah, 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 and and um, you know, I mean, I've never done any Shakespeare, and and I think that would be quite a good challenge for me. To yes, do. yes. And, well, um, look, it's been it's been fab yeah. to talk to you, about, Matt. I, I just um, what we sort of what I like to do at the end is just to um ask you about our space really or our building and, and yeah what as an audience member or as a, as a or as a performer like what, what is mm. it that you you like about the space oh. or cherish well i mean so much to be honest it, it 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 um i you know i look back on that play uh when we did american psycho and i just had had the most uh you know i'm i'm, I'm so proud of it i think the venue look it, a it's really close to my house <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think the attitude of the building um, is, is is sort of one that I want to be involved with. You know, I think, I think you know, you've been very kind about me, Rupert, over this. And I, <laughs> I, I genuinely mean this. I think since you've come in, you know, there is, it might be my favourite theatre, I think. I think with the work and the tone of work um, and the things that it's striving to do, it's, it's, it's something that I really want to, continue to be part of but also that stage it's it's a bit it's got that thing where it it allows you to be minute uh Mm. but play to a big enough house uh that feels like you're doing a big proper play you know Mm. um and uh i just you know i i come back in a heartbeat i think it's um and 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 you know it's really rooted i i quite like the fact that it's rooted in in the community sort of slightly outside of where all the other big theatres are meant to be mm. um i like the fact that it's up north yeah <laughs> in london terms anyway yeah um, exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that's brilliant and um thanks so much for doing this and listen um, no thank stay, you stay thank, you, thank you for listening to the almeida theatre podcast recently we've had to take the very difficult decision to temporarily close the almeida As you can imagine, this has had a profound financial impact on us as a charity, and right now every penny counts for us. If you are able to support us during this time, any donation, large or small, will make a huge difference. Take care, and I look forward to seeing you at the Almeida soon. Thank you for listening to the Almeida Theatre Podcast. For more, head to almeida.co.uk forward slash explore.